0: Love Talk Radio. Scott and Mike.
1: All right, Mike. Looks like you. Uh, we're talking to Henry Muto in the chat room here. He says you got the five pick in next Friday night's Red versus Blue NFFC Draft Champions League. Now, did you set your KDS, or did you just let it go one to twelve, man? No, I
0: said it. Uh, I was looking for uh, three, four, five, one, two. Actually, Scott, uh, okay. that was uh, the way uh, the, the way I set it up. Uh, but uh, so I got the five. Well, that's not bad. We, we can handle that. Did you
1: Did you take into account the third round reversal? That's you know, that's the whole NFFC thing. There, you know, you got to make sure you, you think did. about that third round.
0: I did, and uh, you know, that was some uh, some I thought about, and. You know, I, I didn't want the one twelve or the two eleven, uh, but yeah. I started thinking about the third I, for whatever reason. I wanted the third pick, and I did think about the third round reversal because I, I love that idea. I mean, that's what—that's uh, the toughest thing about uh, just uh, making it right. Uh, but uh, no, I wanted the three, but I ended up with five, so I'm good to go, right in the middle of the pack.
1: You know, I want to take the cruise pulse here, the chat room here, red versus blue. Tell us what you think of 3RR. Is it the real deal? Is it what you should have in, in high-stakes fantasy football, or is it something that was reactionary to the old Ladanian Thompson days? Just uh, chime in on the chat room tonight. We're gonna we'll, we'll talk about that. But look, I will tell you this: KDS uh, for high-stakes league, absolutely love it. Now I know uh, we at the uh, fantasy football world championships, we are not employing KDS for the high stakes. However, we are employing it for some of the bigger events. We uh, we really wanted to get people out their draft slots early. That was seemed to be the pulse of the players. They said, "Give us our draft slot early." So no matter what I want as a player, no matter what you want, you got to listen to the, the the public here. And the, the players said they wanted their draft slot early. So that's what we did. We give them their draft slot early. And uh, you know, hey, that's that's what. Uh, but I, but I love KDS. I love the fact. Look, I picked. Yeah. Here was my strategy, and I'll tell you just a, a brief strategy on my KDS this year in this draft Champions League coming up next week uh, Friday night. Uh, tune in. It's going to be a two-hour special broadcast. We do this every year for the guys Greg Ambrosius, Tom Kosinik at the NFFC, and uh, we are in the Draft Champions League, right? And so it's a very fun league to be a part of, but they do the KDS. You say, okay, well, where do I want to be in the draft? Well, one of the things about Draft Master that I've learned, and if you're a guy like me that likes to wait on the quarterback, I don't want to be caught in that eighth or ninth round or whenever that time comes, right? And that run starts, and if you're on the ends on one or twelve, when that run starts, you're at the you could be at the end of you could be at the beginning, because you, but you could be at the end. And I like to wait and see what other people do. So I said, you know what? Just put me in the middle of the stinking draft. I know what you wanted, Mike. If you picked three, is you wanted Jamal Charles? Don't even kid me. You wanted to start your draft with Jamal Charles, did you not?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. But, uh, I, I know, But I'm going. But I'm also saying, well, I take the four or five because I don't want to be stuck on one end or the other. I, I'm kind of like you, Scott. Now I didn't really get that from you, but uh, I don't. I, I don't like to be stuck on one end or the other uh, in that type of draft. That's a long draft, and uh, you, I mean, man, you can lose out on a lot of things.
1: Yep. So I always work from the inside out on a three RR league. I just play it safe, and what I what I kind of do, to be honest with you, is I nullify the impact that three RR has on my draft. Right? I just say it doesn't impact me at all if I'm in the middle. If I go seven six. Uh, as my first two options, that's great. And then very few people do that, and so that way 3RR doesn't impact me at all. It only affects the people that are on the ends. They're the ones that really feel it. If you're at the beginning of the – if you're at the end of the first round, you're at the beginning of the third. If you're at the beginning of the first round, you're at the end of the third. I don't want to feel it at all, put me in the middle, and then it also protects me against those runs. So that's why I picked seven, and KDS rewarded me and gave me my first spot. So I do like to hear that. Thank you, Henry Muto, for uh, letting us know that. Um, okay, this is uh, this is okay. a big show. We well, well, go ahead, Mike.
0: Yeah, one more thing, Scott. Uh, sorry to butt in, but uh, you know that three RR. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of a it, like you said, it, it's kind of a fad. But it is kind of fun to do in uh, certain leagues. I I personally don't like it in a main event, uh, in a big big event like that. Uh, you know, when you're really doing things. But you know, in a, in a draft like this, I think it's nice. You know, it adds some, uh, it had some uh, uh, flavor
1: to it. So uh, I think it's okay. Three four seven three two four five four zero four. this is the Red versus Blue Friday Night Football Show brought to you by FFToolbox.com and the Fantasy Football World Championship. Next week we are going to be doing a twist on things. Red versus Blue goes NFFC next week. We are players and we play in the National Fantasy Football Championship. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the Draft Champions League will tell you all about that next week. But first... We're going to start off with uh, what's going on in the NFL right now. McGahee is gone. We, we talked about it. That's not really a big story. But in and of itself, it gets us to have this conversation about Monty Ball and Ronnie Hillman. And, look, most of the talking heads and the pundits and all the websites and all the sites you see, everybody's saying this is Monty Ball. You draft him in the second round. Why Why would you draft him in the second round if you didn't need a running back? Totally legitimate questions. And and I want to to just start this conversation just to say, is there anything back here behind that we need to peel peel back and take a look at? Because last year, Mike, the Denver Broncos ran 459 times, or 450 times they ran the ball. They threw for another 587. Now, that's a pretty big number, too. I think New England leads the league in offensive plays, but Denver's not far behind, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Denver lead the league this year because of a couple of factors we'll talk about later, but... Running backs specifically, Mike, and I'm going to get number and kind of crunchy and kind of geek for you, 450 runs last year, the running backs accounted for 66 receptions out of that backfield. They have to go somewhere. And the depth chart right now, as it stands, not where it's going to stand, all the Monty Ball fans, not where it's going to stand, but Hillman has been taking, you know, roughly most of the snaps right now. He's the veteran incumbent by one year here. Uh, he, He does have a little bit more... Faith in the—I I would imagine—in the pass protection for Peyton, keep him on his, you know, keep him upright. But it's Hellman and Ball. You've got Moreno in the picture. You got Jacob Hester, Lance Ball, and Jeremiah Johnson. That's it. Okay, that's your backfield. And you got 450 carries. If they do what they did last year, there's no real reason to think that they're not going to be as potent. A lot of times when the offense is really good and they're and they're just uh, totally dominant. Uh, they're going to even have more carries because they're going to get ahead, they're going to get up comfortable, and they're just going to run the ball and pound it. So the running back situation is going to be really interesting to see shake out. But most people, Mike, and I'll let you go here, most people think that Monty Ball, the first and second down guy, the goal line guy, and Hillman is the breather guy, uh, the third down guy, and the reception guy. Is that a
0: fair assessment? No, 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 not at all. I think uh, Ronnie Hillman uh, is going to get plenty of touches. When I say touches, I mean out of the backfield. Uh there's gonna be uh some situations third and three, third and four, where they're not gonna rely on ball. They're gonna rely on Hillman. They're gonna rely on a guy that's been there, done that. Uh Bonnie Ball, yeah, he sure might get some of the uh, first and second down uh, carries, but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a different workload. I I see I see guys shuffling in and out left and right. So uh you know, if you're all if you're all in for ball, I'm sorry, you might be in for the uh, uh, you know rude awakening. The fact is that Ronnie Hillman is going to be a make a big impact on that offense because of his experience, the way he runs the ball, and the way he catches the ball.
1: Hope you guys can hear me okay. We're we're trying out new equipment uh, sponsored by Logitech uh, this week, and uh, this pretty cool headset they have here for us. Uh, Mike, I, I want to uh, just continue to break this down. Again, the general sentiment is in the fantasy community, the talking heads, the pundits, all the websites out there, the Roto worlds of the industry, because everybody just kind of parrots Roto world. I like Evan Silva, I like those guys, but the website in general is a news. They spit it out, and then everybody kind of regurgitates it and lives off of it. And it ne- and it's never. I mean, I can count count you know countless number of times every year. That this what they say and the, the attitudes are just not right. They get a lot right, but they don't get everything right. And so, but. think about this with your own numbers. Put your own numbers out there. Think think about how it's going to work out. They drafted a, they they picked Monty Ball in the second round for a reason. They saw an opportunity to take the one of the top backs in the uh, in college and get him on the squad, knowing what was going to happen with McGahee. They, you know that they they knew what was going to happen. What they did not know. Is how Hillman, what kind of off-season Hillman was going to have? And look, first off-season conditioning program with a pro team, he does a very good job. He does what he's supposed to do. He puts on bulk, fifteen pounds. Not to say that what what is he going to do with that? I don't know. He didn't look very impressive last year. I was not impressed. I I, I saw the highlights in college, and I was like, wow, this kid could be really. When he got to the NFL, he didn't look special to me at all. Now he he adds that bulk, and he and you know uh, he he's he's going to be. Counted on to a, to some extent. The question is what? Now, some people are saying I'm worried about Moreno, uh, them trotting out Moreno. I just saw that in the chat room. Who was that? Uh, IPS driver. I'm just worried that they trot out Moreno on opening week. And it could be like that. You just never know. This is not Shanahan, thankfully. This is John Fox. John Fox doesn't historically go to the rookies. I think I read somewhere that Jonathan Stewart was the best rookie he's ever had, ranked 24th overall. He didn't have – John Fox has never had an offense like this. Let's just – let's get that out of the way. Fox has never had an offense led by Peyton Manning, and we all know that Peyton Manning running backs are producers. They can be first round picks. Joseph Adai was a first round pick uh, for Peyton Manning. So and he's nothing special. Monty Ball is a little bit better than Joe Adai, and the the verdict is still out on Ronnie Hillman and what he does with that extra fifteen pounds. But Mike, four hundred and fifty carries, would it be a would it be reasonable to expect Monty Ball, the second round rookie? And I asked the chat room too. Would it be reasonable to expect him to get two hundred, maybe two hundred and ten carries? Sounds about right.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, that that would be reasonable. Absolutely. Okay. Especially okay. in games when they're uh, uh, when they're winning, winning big, because there's going to be a lot of games uh, in that division that they're going to be winning and winning big to where they're going to give him experience. Now, there's going to be some other games where uh, it's not going to be that way. And they're gonna rely on Ronnie Hillman to do uh basically a lot of workload. I you know some Moreno, yeah, he could be uh trotted out there as the uh opening day running back's quote starting running back, but I think Hillman's go- gonna give a uh, the workload of it.
1: Well you gotta like what what Moreno did on his hundred and forty carries or so, five hundred and twenty eight yards. Uh it was a it was a good effort, uh, especially in a relief situation. Um uh, you know, this is a guy that, you know, could be counted on to some extent. I'm not ready to buy into the fact that he's he's going to be um, any type of player that that you're that they're going to trot out in the beginning of the season. I just don't buy it. At 3.8 yards a carry, you want to see a guy get over four. And, look, uh, you know, Hillman didn't do that either. But let's get back to it. I gave 208 carries in my first projections here to Monty Ball. I think that sounds reasonable. I've got another 250, roughly, carries to give out. And I've got a 66 receptions to give out. I mean, that's a lot. So let's say I give a Hillman 140, Moreno 80. You give Hester 10. You throw Lance Ball a 10, and you give Jeremiah Johnson 10 or something. Just guys that come in and relief duty and kind of you know just get a carry here or there or something. Uh, that sounds pretty reasonable. And they're all averaging you know 4.2, 4.3, something very reasonable. Uh, receptions though. Hillman is the receiving uh, back in this offense. I think everybody, even the pundits, would agree he's the reception guy. He's yeah. going to be counted on to get open in space and do that. That's not Moneyball's game. Moneyball is
0: straightforward. Get you that goal round right. touchdown, right? Yeah, he's straight up pound and pound and ground, you know. And and that's going to be the deal. Uh, you know, that's a deal breaker as far as uh, if you're looking for fantasy points. Do you want the two yards, two-and-a-half yards, three yards every once in a while, or do yeah. you want a chance for a reception for 15 yards?
1: Yeah. So I'm going to give I'm going to give Monty Ball the credit and give him nine or ten touchdowns this year. I really think you're going to see that. It, maybe even a little more. It just depends on how potent this offense is on the ground. But nine or ten touchdowns for a rookie, that's a pretty nice projection for that's him. Pretty high. Ronnie Hillman, conversely, Ronnie Hillman, I'm going to give the receptions to. I'm going to give... 35 to 40 receptions to Hillman. i'm gonna give maybe 15 to, to monty ball when you put all that together those numbers that i just gave you monty ball is not scoring many more points at all than ronnie Hillman. i've got him in a proverbial dead heat at about a you know a uh, 160 fa- 170 fantasy points each 170 fantasy saying,
0: points I, right so what you're saying is uh Why would you draft Monty Ball way ahead of Ronnie Hillman?
1: Well, I I guess at the end of the day that is where we're going here, Mike. I I see two running backs that are going to struggle to get into the top 15 uh, because of what they are. Uh, Hillman is not a pounder yet that we know of, and Monty Ball is not a reception guy. And, I mean, it's, it's the Michael Turner syndrome. You have to have a career Michael Turner year in Atlanta offense. Now, maybe he is a Michael Turner. OK, maybe he's a fresh uh, Michael Turner that doesn't catch the ball. And Michael Turner in his prime was a was a pretty good running back. I mean, he was getting drafted in the first round and everybody was like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't take him in the first round because he doesn't catch balls. And I and I say, well, I agree with you. Don't take him in the first round. And that usually meant he was a top 12, top 15 back. Right. Uh, but that's best case scenario for money ball that he's a Michael Turner. Uh as a as a rookie, you know it's just kind of hard to it's kind of hard to believe. I'm not going to harp on it well, the entire show, but I'm just saying know, what, what we we looked up the ADP, Mike. What was it, uh, Monty Ball in the Tuesday drafting? Go, you guys got the link. It was five yeah. five, right? Five, five five, correct. Now that's not that's not bad. I like that price. I don't mind that price. But Ronnie Hillman is is thirteenth uh, round. Now that's going to go up. That's going to go up. Magee, he's gone. That's going to go up he went, uh, where did he go in this thing? I don't even know. Uh, t- 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 oh, he went in the 16th well, one round. One thing,
0: Scott, real quick, uh, while you're looking that up, is a lot of people look at touchdowns. Who's going to score the most touchdowns, Monty Ball, Hillman, or Moreno?
1: Oh, well, I think Monty Ball's the touchdown guy. I mean, without a doubt, I think he's the touchdown guy. They're going to give it to him. He's going to be able to pound it down. We have not seen that from Hillman yet. Not to say he can't do it. We just haven't seen it yet. But Moreno, I mean he he showed signs last year of uh pounding it in. Yeah, you know, I just don't I think Marino's just nothing special. I, I I think they really reached for him. That was a McDaniel's pick. I think they reached for him and and he has not panned out to what we thought he could be. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, I don't know. Moreno Moreno is the wild card, I'll give you that. Let's move on. Uh that is the McGahee uh Hillman the Monty Ball whole saga there. I, I just think there's a little bit more to MCI in that. Let's talk about. Watch? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the sleeper alert that we put out in the toolbox email this week. Bruce Arians is really happy with Michael Floyd. Recently in the draft, he went at the nine-two pick. Mike. Now I want to I want to throw out a projection here for Michael Floyd. Uh, Palmer threw for forty-four thousand yards in fifteen games last year with the Raiders uh 22 touchdowns. Uh is this the same Carson Palmer that we could expect with FitzGerald and Floyd and Housler and Roberts? Do you think we can expect 4500 a little bit of an upgrade over what he was in Oakland?
0: Oh, absolutely. I think he's I think he's going to do much better in Arizona. Uh Oakland was a bad situation. I mean, it was yeah. it was a horrible situation for him to be in and he knew that. Now, don't get me wrong, Carson Palmer. I mean, he's on the downside of his career, uh, but mm-hmm. he still he still has a couple of years left, and uh, I, I I think that uh, Arizona, I mean, they they can make some things happen, and especially with uh, with Carson Palmer and with those right, wide receivers. I mean, they're looking forward to it. They're looking forward to they're looking forward to catching balls. I mean, it's gonna be a lot. Of, it's gonna be a lot of fun for them.
1: Uh, Greg Zerline, uh is Brother Mayhem's bust pick. Seabass is Sleeper's pick bank on it. Uh, that's our that's our uh, Brother Mayhem, Jason. Look, I want to talk about Carson Palmer a little bit. He is not a great NFL quarterback anymore. I don't think anybody would argue with that. He is a fantasy quarterback, though. Uh, why was he successful in Oakland? Uh, several factors. He's a leader. Uh, he's throwing the ball. He's airing it out quite a bit. And they had a a real suspect ground game last year, right? What do you have in Arizona? The only difference is I would say Arizona has a better defense. I would say they play in a tougher division with San Fran, Seattle, St. Louis. The ground games there against that defense, they're not going to run for a lot. I don't care how good they say uh, Mendenhall is. They're not going to run a lot against those Ds, right, Mike?
0: No, they're not
1: going to run a lot. they got better wide receivers. Big time. And that's the third and final point I was going to make. Much better wide receivers. Uh, Across the board, Fitz, Floyd, Roberts, this Hausler kid. That's an offense. He's going to get sacked. He's going to find the ground. He's going to turn the ball over. He's going to drop the ball. He's going to snap it over his head and all kinds of stuff like that. That's Carson Palmer now. However for fantasy production 4500 yards and 30 touchdowns sounds very reasonable to me. So now we say where does that where does where does that go? And when we're talking about where it goes it, it it's to, to the guys I just mentioned. I just mentioned all of them. I, I mentioned Roberts. I mentioned uh Floyd. I mentioned uh FitzGerald. Uh you've got Housler as a tight end, maybe a little to Jeff King here and there. You've got a couple of of running backs. You have got Men and and Williams you got Ellington and Taylor. You know that, that's about the offense, right there in a nutshell. I don't even see a wide receiver four on the team. Swope, Ryan Swope, the concussion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's it. So there's a but, lot of yeah. balls to go around.
0: Yeah, exactly, Scott. There's a lot of options there, but and you made a uh, you made a great point early when you said about uh, their defense. Their defense is solid, so that's going to yeah. give them more opportunities over and over and again in each and every game. And, uh, you know, just uh, seeing their schedule and seeing what they're going against, uh, let's face it, the the happiest guy in the world right now is Larry Fitzgerald because Larry Fitzgerald was a very unhappy guy last year. And if you give him the opportunity to flourish again the way he did uh, two years ago, three years ago, wow. I mean, the ceiling is – it's It's unlimited.
1: Yeah, and and so my point in bringing up Arizona like this, I'm talking about the weapons that they have. There's going to be three, maybe four guys that get the majority of these receptions. And if Palmer's going to throw for 4,500 yards, he's got to throw the ball about 600 times, right? He's got to throw the ball about 600 times. He's got to complete maybe 380, 390 passes of those for 60, 64% or so. So that's a lot of balls. Fitzgerald for 90 Right, that's a big number. Uh, yep. Andre Roberts gets his seventy or seventy-five.
0: Uh, Housler,
1: Housler, in his best year, right? You know, this year, if he gets sixty or sixty-five, because the tight ends do catch balls uh, in that offense. Arizona accounts for uh, receptions across the board, and, and the tight ends uh, account for some of that. You got to You got to factor all these guys in. And the tight ends caught seventy-two balls last year in that same in, in the Mike Miller offense. Now, good one comes in. You got Bruce Arians. So we'll have to see how this all shakes out. But primarily, there's not too many guys to throw the ball to. So I'm saying, Mike, what I'm saying is I think a very safe floor, and if Michael Floyd plays all 16 games, there's no way this kid is not catching 80 balls for 950 or 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. I just say that is going to happen. Just write it down, that's going to happen. And that's pretty much big years for everybody else around him too.
0: Yeah, I mean, so uh, you know, Floyd starts uh, doing what he's doing, and next thing you know, uh, I'm a big fan of Andre Roberts. I got, I, I mean, I don't know why I just am, but uh, Andre Roberts. I mean, that will free him up as well.
1: Well, just just write this down. Red versus blue prediction. Michael Floyd will be a top twenty wide receiver this year. And where is he going in these drafts, Mike? I wrote this down before the show. I pulled it up. Look at the uh, look at the draft board. Look at the draft board. Uh, he went in the ninth round. Is that right?
0: Ninth round? Uh, nine-two. Yeah, ninth round. Nine-one. Uh, yeah, nine-two.
1: Now, somebody else can go ahead and count those wide receivers up. But I'll guarantee you, there's I probably 30, maybe 35 receivers in front of him.
0: Would you take uh Denario Alexander in front of him? Would you take uh, Gordon I mean there there's a lot of wide receivers in front of me
1: uh, that I could take, but uh I don't know. Well you brought don't up you two take different any
0: like light- in front of Michael Floyd right now.
1: No, no,
0: no, 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 no,
1: no, no, so no, don't. no. No, no, no. Not a not a chance. Uh, look the those numbers that I just gave you, I, I don't see any way as long as Palmer's there. Uh, he's going to do that. Now, is there a chance that Palmer goes down and and disappoints you and you come back and blame Scott on Red vs. Blue? Sure. I mean, anything can happen. But as long as Palmer's there, he's going to get those numbers. Uh, Michael Floyd's going to get those. He's just going to. Denario Alexander, I haven't seen enough work. I I predict that he'll have a good season, um, but not catching that many balls, right? There's too many mouths to feed in San Diego, and I don't know where that offense is going. There's way too many wide receivers – to even that's a other that's another whole show, Mike. We we'll just talk about the entire wide receiver yeah. mix for, for Rivers, and that's whether or not Rivers is going to do that. I don't know what Rivers is going to do this year. He's not going to have as good a season as Carson Palmer. I'll tell you that right now. Palmer forty five hundred and thirty. Palmer forty five hundred and thirty. Uh Rivers had thirty six
0: hundred last year.
1: Rivers would Rivers would have to have a thousand more yards. This year Rivers
0: Rivers has done a they've done, they've done a transformation on him uh as far as his throwing the way he's throwing uh I don't know man uh Rivers wow that'll be good Rivers
1: Yeah well we'll get into the San Diego uh that that that's that's further down the list. I'm not I'm not ready yeah. to talk about that However, look. 3600 yards for Rivers. He's going to have to have I mean that's a major leap for him to be I mean, Palmer's in a great situation. You couldn't have asked for a better spot than Arizona. That's when we when we talked about Peyton going to a spot. Arizona was a good spot. It, it's better in Denver. <laughs> but uh, Arizona was a pretty good spot because uh, for fantasy production, not wins. I'm not talking wins. I'm talking fantasy production. So, uh, hey, before we get too well, far in the show. Like, you and-
0: know, I mean, like we talked about, their defense. Defense makes the offense better. It always does. It, it never fails. It gives you more opportunities, more chances, especially in fantasy football.
1: I want to give a big shout out to the chat room here, the crew at Red vs Blue. Some of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy sports. These guys are in and out of every chat room that's on the web. Uh, I'm sure a lot of them are going to go over to the High Stakes Fantasy Hour after this show. They're drafting on Tuesday nights with us, and and Mondays and Fridays and all. You know, Brothers Mayhem, Coke Cracker, Fantasy QB, Get Paddled, Henry Mutual, IPS, Nick Z. Open field ahead, welcome, man. Paul Therrett Rampo is here. Welcome, buddy. Rednecks, Taz, Jim Day, the Fantasy Taz at Twitter, at the Fantasy Taz. The street free agent and urinal Mint. Look, it's a great crowd tonight. And uh I I guess what I what I uh before we get to the rest of the draft, I want to bring up that strength of schedule that we released on FF Toolbox this week, Mike. It's it's one of the most talked about and requested items that we put out on Toolbox, besides our rankings and projections, that everybody's asking for every single day. I mean, it's just every single day I'm asking just to give us another week. Give us another week. Give us another week. You know, uh we're we're real close to having that out. Uh but the strength of schedule did come out this week. Uh if you go to fftoolbox.com, you'll see it just type in FFT your browser will probably pull it up. But I want to talk about this with the high stakes crowd here. Uh there's a couple of things and I just want to ask you Mike if there's anything that resonates here, right? You ready? Yep. The top five easiest run games this year that that, that, uh, teams are going to have with the defenses they're playing, Miami, number one, the Jets, Tampa Bay, number three, Houston, number four, and Denver, number five. The top five easiest run schedules in the league are those five. What stands out to you there?
0: Uh, First off, it's uh, AFC. (laughs) It's all AFC except for – yeah, it's AFC. Uh so uh you pretty, pretty much uh you know, yeah. I mean if you're if you're in a uh AFC run going against those teams uh, then uh man, load up, load up.
1: Yeah, uh there's a couple comments in the chat room. SOS has zero impact on my drafting. SOS overrated. Um why pretend that last year's SOS matters? Great points in the chat room. I can only tell you this: I use strength of schedule. Um, it, it definitely heats up and picks up in the middle part of the season, right? Everybody agree with that? You know, week six, week seven, week eight—you start to really figure out these defenses and have they changed? Um, one of our one of our lead analysts, Ben Standing on FF Toolbox, he just wrote me a, uh, an an email uh, tonight that said, "Hey, we should start a series." And it basically has a lot to do with the strength of schedule uh conversation that we we have going on. And basically what he asked what he, what the series is about is are the things that we think we know about last year and about this year, do they carry over? Do
0: they carry exactly. over uh, I love that. To this
1: year? And and so I, I think that's a good idea because I think a lot of times what happens is um that one statistical strength might be an obvious but we also might think it's a weakness. So there there might be a weakness there, like, oh, they can't cover receivers at all. But they may have addressed the corners, and you're using last year's stats. So it's a good way for us to get our heads around it because, look, we do get surprised. However, I will just say this. I'll just say this. With all the haters in the chat room with strength of the schedule, I'll say, I'll say this because they're going like crazy. When you see Atlanta playing Detroit – hold on. Hold on, Mike. When you right. see Atlanta playing Detroit in week 16, the championship week – are you gonna tell me that you look at that and you dismiss you dismiss what you see when you see that schedule and you say championship week, Atlanta, Detroit, you don't think that's gonna be an offensive firepower for the week you need it the most? You're gonna no, say I'm gonna tell you
0: right now, I'm gonna tell you right now, uh Atlanta Detroit, if they want to play in week one, it might be a totally different team in week sixteen.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, I kinda I kinda dismiss that. Uh dismissed that whole uh, strength of schedule uh, deal because, you know, who am I to say right now that uh I I don't know, I you just pick a team that could be better come week sixteen. You you understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's just uh you know, we're we're projecting who's gonna be good. Strength of schedule. What's strength of schedule mean? Well, it it, it means based on what happened last year and what's projected for this year. Well, that don't mean a hill of beans to me. I'm sorry I'm, I'm getting country on you. But uh, <laughs> it's just you, you, you have to understand that teams' transformation, uh, their transformation throughout the year, it happens. In week one, two, they might not be so good. Three, four, oh, we're getting better. Five, six, oh, we're good. Seven, eight, nine, here we go. So I don't. I don't
1: really go by that. Yeah. Well, look, it's interesting, uh, Henry Muto brings up a good point. This is the kind of stuff that that does affect me when I'm when I'm thinking about drafting and if or if I've got an A or B situation and I've got this receiver versus that one and I'm looking for a way to break the tie, I'm not taking the guy that's playing Darrell Revis in my money week. That was used to be that used to be kind of a joke, right? It's like, oh my God, you got you're playing, you know, who wants to draft Brandon Marshall because the week you need him in your championship, he's playing Darrell Revis. I remember talking to plenty of high states guys that said, Nope, not doing it. Because you play to win your league. Championship week, he's playing Revis. I'm not gonna touch him. So look, we don't know if Revis is gonna be Revis uh anymore. But uh when yeah, Carolina you know,
0: I, don't, you know, I understand, I understand you know, what he's talking about, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you don't you don't want to go against a, a DD like that, uh, you know, whether it's Revis or whoever whoever it might be. You know, you're thinking, oh wow, you know, you're looking at looking at the week and going, oh man, I want this player, but wow, he's going against this guy. No, I can't do that. Does well, that look, really? I mean, I I just I just can't I can't I can't fathom that you would stay away from a player that you really want.
1: We haven't got too far into the discussion uh, because it is a debatable topic. Uh, When we look at the run games, you you did mention the AFC, a lot of their – look, it it looks like it's going to be pretty easy for Denver and Miami. Uh, Tampa Bay with Doug Martin, they're talking about a huge year for him. And Arian Foster, all the numbers point to a pretty big year for those guys. Nothing that really gets in the way, no glaring. The passing games, the easiest passing games belong to Dallas and Denver. I mean, like they need any help with schedule. KC Jets in Carolina. Uh, so Romo to Dez, Romo to Witt. those are guys that are already being drafted high anyway. It doesn't really change anything. However, when we talk about the playoff weeks, weeks fourteen through sixteen in the fantasy football world championship and Roto Bowl, against the pass and against the run, we all know what New Orleans did last year. Now they lost their coach. They didn't have their heart and soul of their coach on the field. The question is, what kind of defense will we see from New Orleans this year? But they were god awful last year. Last against the run. Last against the pass, Mike. They have to actually reinvent themselves with the coach on the sidelines, with Vilma. Uh, They have to do something different because last year they got ate up every single game. There was not a game in any player in any situation where you didn't look at New Orleans and say, juicy, juicy matchup. Carolina plays New Orleans week 14 and week 16. Now that's a double threat there for Carolina. Cam Newton, Steve Smith. I mean, even D'Angelo and Stewart, maybe the rookie Ken John Barner, uh, if those running backs can't get their act together. But D Will seems to be like that guy that always comes on at the end of the year. So I don't know. I kind of look at that in Carolina to me. When I see two matchups against the worst defense in the league last year, they have to reinvent themselves to get out of the bucket.
0: I'm pretty encouraged. I'm pretty encouraged. Well, I don't think they're going to have to reinvent things, uh, Scott. Uh honestly I think uh just the presence of Sean Payton being on that sideline is gonna make a huge difference. The presence of him being in that locker room and just you know, just being around the guys and just uh motivating, doing what he needs to do, uh getting the defensive team together, doing what they need to do. I mean that was pretty pathetic. You're right. I mean those numbers that you threw out uh about New Orleans defense. I mean, that's pretty bad, but I don't see that happening again this year. I don't. All right.
1: Well, we will let the uh, we will let the crew uh, to pick that up from there because now they are uh, they're they're probably taking a peek. Uh, let's let's keep it going. Let's move on. We're going to look at this draft a little bit more for the rest of the show. We've got a couple of other stories we could talk about. Uh, I mean, I I don't even know what to pick here. I've got so many. Ryan Broyles takes part in the team drills. You know, Detroit does have a heck of an offense to support, Mike, and you know you got Calvin Johnson there. You know you got Pettigrew that's gonna catch balls. Reggie Bush is gonna catch a ball a lot of balls. But there's still something to be said for that wide receiver two in Detroit's offense that they've been looking for it for a while, Mike. I know they tried Burleson out at it and uh, you know, if he's healthy and, and maybe he's back, but there's so many uh there's so many balls that go to Calvin Johnson. The wide receiver two has never really put it together. Maybe this will be, uh, and I don't really see this year as being much different. When you've got a Ryan Broyles coming off of two ACL surgeries in two years, and a Nate Burleson that had a a, a bad leg injury, so I, I just don't know if that's a story, Mike. Really, I'd, I'd love to believe in Ryan Broyles. I like the kid in Oklahoma, but I think this is still Calvin. This is Pettigrew, and what you did in the off season is you brought in Reggie Bush. And Mike, can we get, can we just can we just say that Reggie's going to have a monster year this year? He's in Detroit. He's going to have a monster year, right?
0: Uh, it should. I mean, it shakes it up that way. I mean, it looks like it. I mean, he's given uh, all the opportunities. Uh, he might be the, uh, <laughs> as, as, as bad as I can say it, he might be the wide receiver, too, for that team.
1: <laughs> Last two years, he's had over 250 touches, so that's a good number to just go ahead and yeah. start your projections. It's not, It's nothing to go crazy about, but 250 touches? puts him at about, like, 190 rushes and, like, 60 catches, okay? If he does that, are you ready? You you guys got out your pencils? (laughs) It's it's 260 fantasy points. Based on his averages, what he's going to average, yards per carry, yards per reception, that puts him at number five. Now, where is he going in these high-stakes drafts? Third round? Second round. Sometimes second round. Some guys are on him. They kind of see what I do and what most of the – when you start crunching the numbers, he's a 250-touch guys. It's got to go somewhere. Okay, maybe it's 200 carries and 50 receptions. Uh, maybe that's a little bit more balanced. He's a top-10 running back, and he's not being drafted like one yet. So I think once you get your head around the numbers and where he's at in the Detroit offense, you're going to start to believe that, you know what, if there's eight backs going in that first round, sometimes nine – if I say he's a, if he's going to be a top-ten running back, that means he needs to be at the end of the second. When, on your way coming back, my if he's there, if he falls back to me, and I'm at pick seven in the NFFC next week, if he falls back to 2-6, you don't think I'm going to scoop him up knowing that he's a top-ten running back? He's mine.
0: Well, you know, I can understand you doing that, and uh, that would make sense. Uh, I mean, on the side of it, uh, playing against – Defense, I mean, a lot of good defenses in that uh, North Division. I mean,
1: that, that's pretty good defense good, good. right there. That's pretty good
0: defense right there, down
1: there. Daggum. <laughs> uh, well, look, Detroit, let's just, I mean, we're just going off of what Scott Linehan has produced historically in the past. He gets his running backs at least 300 carries, he gets his running backs at least 10 touchdowns, he gets his running backs at least 1,300 yards rushing you're just plugging in a running back that's all that matters when you're Scott Linehan and Jim Schwartz you're plugging in running backs and it has to go around you got LaShore you got Bush you got Joyke Bell you've got you've got your normal distribution so you figure it out you put the numbers down you put the pen to paper you tell me where they go i mean you've only got bush LaShore and Bell for all those carries and all those receptions uh so i think he's uh i think he's good for 250 260 points and that's not a big touchdown year that's five rushing touchdowns that's right. five rushing touchdowns. Not a big year. It's four and a half yards a carry. Now, for Reggie Bush, uh, does that seem out of line? Well, he averaged 5.1 two years ago, 4.3 last year. Eh, it's not out of line. Four and a half yards a carry, that's very reasonable. So this, comes, this becomes a game of can he stay healthy. Last year he played 16 games. The year before he played 15 games. It's not the you same know, Reggie I, I Bush that was playing six and eight games.
0: Right, right. How how many times are they going to be in the red zone, uh, say, uh, within uh, five yards? Hell, first and go on the three. I a mean, lot. Is it going to be Reggie Bush? Probably not. Probably not. So, how many times is he going to? Uh, how many times is he going to score a touchdown in the open field? You know, um, I mean, the touchdowns, the six points, they mean a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they do. Uh but touchdowns aren't uh receptions mean a lot more in fantasy. Um for running back. Uh, yeah. They just mean they they mean a lot more. You can't count on those. Look, we, every year, I don't know how many times you you see a guy stopped at the goal line or cackled 1 yard shy, or they respot it after a touchdown and they take it away from him. Touchdowns are just, you know, they're very hard to get. And when you get them, I mean, if you're Gronkowski, you can count on them every year that you play. You're about the only guy in the league that can and Adrian Peterson uh that's about it. Anybody else you could have fifteen touchdowns one year and four or five the next. That's just the way touchdowns go. So I want touches. I want opportunities want, and that's why
0: probably... Well, I understand. You want productivity. I want productivity out of my back uh because the game has changed so much. Uh that's what it's gonna take. I want productivity out of my back. I I I want my back to run, I want my back to catch and 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 yak. Yards after catch, and just keep on going. Urinal
1: mint, urinal mint in the chat room. Stafford and Calvin are bouncing back. I do agree with that. I think those touchdowns will be back this year. Brothers Mayhem, be good time to see how running backs in Detroit have fared in the past. They get broken pretty quick too. Uh, Okay, Mike. uh, So let's go take a look at this draft board um, before we just uh, the 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 show gets away from us here. Um, This this (laughs) draft that goes on every Tuesday night. They're filling up. There's still a couple spots left. These things are selling out quicker and quicker every week, Mike. The Tuesday night drafting goes $99 yeah, to play.
0: It. I'm sorry, Scott. Fill us in on uh, how that drafting goal goes because, uh, you know, I'm, there's a couple might might be interested. I I am.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's very simple. The draft master concept, which was pioneered by Emil Kadlec, many years ago, the concept of drafting it and just sitting it and forgetting it, like not having to worry about it. No lineups, no waivers. You draft a, lo- a deeper draft, 26 rounds. Some have even asked for 30, and we're happy to give 30 if you guys want to do a 30-round 30, uh, 30 round draft and go as the season gets a little closer. Right now they're 26 rounds, uh, so they're going to take uh, about two and a half hours, guys, in the chat room. Yeah, they take about two and a half hours on a minute and a half clock. And then, uh, look, you just draft it. You just draft this team, and every single week – after the games are over, your best lineup will start. That's as easy as it is. No waivers. You don't touch it. If somebody gets hurt, hopefully you have a bench that can pick up the slack. When there's guys on bye, hopefully you guys have you have people on the bench that can pick up the slack. Everybody's in the same boat, though. You don't have to worry about analyzing bye weeks and matchups and all that. Just draft your guys.
0: Draft your guys no like everybody waivers, else. No waivers, no nothing. Nope. No waivers, no nothing. Just do it.
1: So let's take a look at this in the uh, in the first round, Mike. No real surprises here. There's ten running backs that go, and I'm going to go ahead and put another link to the draft in the chat room just in case uh, we've had some late people come by and they didn't get it. There you go. There's a link to the draft board. Gets, let's you get that loaded up. These are run on my fantasy league too. Everybody's real familiar with my fantasy league uh, award-winning software. It's very easy to use. You've got the live draft room. It's already got player lists selected for you, or you can bring your own list to the table. I always bring a list. I always bring my own list, and I have that there. But my fantasy league also has a list. Just don't count on it, because you need to have your own guys and your own uh, your own sleepers down there, uh, like Isaiah Pete. Uh, but look, ten running backs in the first round, two wide receivers in the first round. Not bad, Marshall. I'm not as high on uh, at that high of a pick, but he hey, he produced last year. Second round, I don't see any surprise yet. Maurice Jones Drew. That's a little early. Matt Delima from FF Toolbox. A little bit early. Uh, for Matt, uh, for Maurice Jones-Drew, considering the injury that he did sustain and the, the fact that it's, uh, I mean, look, he's got to practice. Uh, Dez Bryant, Julio Jones, Demarius, Harvin, all those guys. Mike, wouldn't you be happy with any of those wide receivers? Would you Would you be happy with Percy Harvin?
0: Sure, absolutely. Uh, the one thing that does stand out to me, and uh, you know, I've been wanting to bring this up, is uh, you know the tight ends. I mean, people still shy away from tight ends. We got. Uh, uh, Jimmy Graham in the second round, nothing. Gronk in the fourth round. Hernandez, Whitten. I mean, the, just the the lack of tight end drafting is amazing. I mean, it really didn't uh, it really didn't hit hit home until the seventh round.
1: <clears throat> okay, they were talking about my fantasy league in the chat room. Uh, okay, so. When I'm looking at that second round, Mike, uh, look, Percy Harvin is the one that kind of stands out to me there. And I'm always afraid of new situations. I almost, I'm always like, prove it to me first. Show me. Show me because I've got a new quarterback and a new wide receiver. I know that Percy Harvin's worked with Sidney Rice in the past. They've made a nice one-two punch on both sides of the field. But it's 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 Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson's team, and now you're bringing in Percy Harvin. I just want to see how that – I want to see how it looks, and I don't know how it looks yet. Um. And it's going to be right. real interesting to see how it does look in Seattle and how they pull this off. They need a rep, They need a weapon, and Harvin is a weapon. Uh, but yeah. that's really the only thing they need. So the question is, how does that affect the entire team and the entire offense? Is he a guy that you can consider around Demarius Thomas and Julio now? Uh, I don't know. It almost know, like I, I feel I mean, a lot safer. You know. I feel a lot safer with a Roddy White or a Larry Fitzgerald or a Randall I'm Cobb. At, would you rather
0: have Percy Harvin or Roddy White? Roddy
1: White. One year. Yep, Roddy White this year. Yep. Bank it.
0: Well, then Percy Harvin was uh, drafted ahead of Roddy White.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Bank it, baby. Uh, Julio Jones, Roddy White, look, those are mirror image clones of each other. They're each going to score about 260, 270, maybe 280 fantasy points. That's going to give you a dominant player. Percy Harvin? Uh best-case scenario, best-case scenario with the way it all works out, but I think you have a lot more stability with upside, with upside, with Larry Fitzgerald or Roddy White. I'd take either one of those guys. Andre Johnson right. uh, arguably has less of an injury concern than Percy Harvin when you think about concussions, and
0: right. there's well, nothing, wrong, you know, nothing mean,
1: wrong with Andre Johnson either.
0: Right, exactly, and... Uh, you know, I got to throw in uh, Randall Cobb and uh, Larry Fitzgerald in his new offense. Uh, would you rather have Larry Fitzgerald, Randall Cobb, or Andre Johnson? Which one? That's tough. That's tough.
1: Wow. Uh, well, you know, look, I am real bullish on Randall Cobb, and it's it's not based on anything that uh, I don't think that um, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to do differently. Uh, he had 4,300 yards last year. He had 4,600 yards the year before. Uh, when you talk about touchdowns, the guy is – he had 4, 45 touchdowns two years ago, 39 last year. So, like, can we just pencil this guy in for at least 4,340? I mean, 4,340 is an average Aaron Rodgers year, probably closer to 4,540. That's Aaron Rodgers
0: for you. That's and a did lot he of lose pre- any weapons?
1: Oh, that's a lot of receptions to go around, and and with an improved ground game. Let's say they've improved the ground game. Let's just say that that's going to make things easier on Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Um, yep. That many that many offensive plays last year. Um, geez, I I think that uh, Randall Cobb is as good a bet for ninety receptions, eleven hundred yards. He's probably going to score ten times if if every, you know, that's the kind of weapon he is, and he's going to get his little bitty share of rushes too. I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to get a lot of rushes, but fifteen or twenty rushes, end around, yeah, Uh, fifteen or twenty direct, direct snaps and end arounds. He's going to get maybe another 150, 200 yards there, maybe a rushing touchdown. I don't know, but this guy's got top five wide receiver potential, especially in that offense. And I know you say they spread it around. They do. There's just a lot to go around. Uh, once you get past Cobb, Jordy, and James Jones, who are going to account for maybe 220 balls, who else are going to throw to? Jarrett Boykin? Charles Johnson?
0: Kevin Dorsey?
1: I don't know these guys. There's three wide receivers in that offense now that they're going to throw to. They've got Jermichael Finley. They really don't have any other tight ends to really speak of, unless you think D.J. Williams or Andrew Corliss is the answer. I don't. Uh, and then they've got us about four or five, six running backs on the team. They don't know what the hell they're doing with. Have you ever – look, Lacey, Franklin, Dewan Harris, John Kuhn, Alex Green, and James, somebody's got to go.
0: <laughs> yeah, Somebody well, you know go. what? you got it's too many backs be, on the team. It's going to be all passing as far as uh, Green Bay has to go. I mean, <laughs> they they've done – Except that McCarthy, uh, I mean, he's already said it's the way it's going to be. It's it's all passing. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do the run game, but I don't I don't buy into
1: it. Code Cracker in the chat room. Better Green Bay running game equals no two shell. Watch out. <laughs> well, you know, Rich knows his Packers. You know, if you want to call in, Rich, you gotta you got another couple of minutes. You can call us up and tell us what you think of the back. Look, I just think that Randall Cobb represents top five value. So. I would put cobb uh in that situation, but if you want if you want to say what's safe, Fitzgerald is safer, I guess you know they're not going to spread it around as much fitz Fitzgerald's going to demand the ball from palmer right I mean after what that poor guy went through the last couple of years yeah let me let me tell you something there there's a there's a couple of statistics that really stick out to me every year, and I look at them and I stare at them for like hours and and one of the statistics that i that I look at every single year is drop percentage. Drop percentage, it's a very huge number that indicates – I mean, because, look, they they credit the, the receiver for the drop if, in fact, they feel it's the receiver's fault. It's not a perfect science, right? And maybe they treat Larry Fitzgerald like Michael Jordan. I don't know. But for four years – I've got five years of data in front of me. For four years before last year, Larry Fitzgerald's drop percentage was – here we go – 4.2%, 3.1%, 33 3.8. Last year, his worst year was seven percent. Now, uh, Mike, those are insane wide receiver drop numbers. Everybody Damn. else, in the league, everybody else in the league, you're going to have ten, fifteen percent. Some guys, you know, you'll even see twenty percent. You know, of they, they, they just they. You watch the drop percentage, guys. That that's a number that you really want to take a look at. And Fitzgerald, he was begging for the ball last year and he didn't get it. So. This is a guy that now that he has a quarterback, he's going to ask for it. So I, I'm going to be all over him. I'm going to be all over Fitzgerald. There's no reason I there, there's no reason not to be. I mean, look, even a guy like um, even a guy like Randall Cobb, even a guy like Randall Cobb that uh, that is on Aaron Rodgers' team and we think the world of him last two years, 16% and 14%. You know, uh, he's yeah, no but, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, Fitzgerald <laughs> Fitz has
0: been wanting the ball. He just there's no – I mean, he he hasn't been settled in with a quarterback in the last couple of years, and he may – there may be a connection there between him and uh, Carson Palmer, that uh, a connection that, you know, can fit and score a lot of fantasy points, no doubt.
1: You know who did have a good year last year, Mike, uh, is James Jones. And I know he won you a lot of money last year. James yeah. Jones really came through for you. Four he improved everything across the board, by the way. This is guy that not just didn't just take advantage of the opportunity. He rolled with he completely annihilated it. Yeah. Sixty four receptions yeah. on ninety-three targets. So he's yeah, it's seventy percent. And then he's he's he look this is a this is a guy that's career he drops about twenty percent and fifteen to twenty percent of his passes every year. You know what he dropped last year? Four percent. Four percent.
0: This kid, he he didn't 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 just get touched. The only thing about James Jones is that I have to be mindful of is, uh, let's face it. I mean, he feeds the famine. I mean, he can he can score three in one week, and next week he's one reception for five yards,
1: which is perfect for a draft master format. That's exactly the kind of guy you want to get in draft masters because on again, off again. It doesn't really matter as long as you have big weeks. And that's what I want to get everybody focused on in draft champions. And we've got the, we've got a draft champion here in the chat room, Henry Muto, that could come on and tell us how he won. Uh, but, look, when I'm playing Draft Masters, Mike, you want big play players. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that they have, uh, you know, a good season. It matters do they have those big weeks that you can plug into the, the lineup. The, Eric, the Vincent Jackson weeks. I don't care if the next week he goes three for 30. But the week that right. he goes six for one seventy and two, he's in my lineup. The other week,
0: just... you know, that's a good that's a good point, Scott. I mean, all I mean, I, I want thirty. If he gives me thirty one week and uh, lays a goose egg in two weeks in a row, that's all right because I've got somebody back up ready to roll on the next week.
1: Yeah, well, and that's James Jones for you. Uh, that's Steve Smith for you in and out, you know, one, one great week and then disappear. That's Mike Williams from Tampa. You know, um, it doesn't, it, it doesn't really define a guy like Bolden. Who's going to just going to, I feel is going to be kind of average. You know, he's going to be asked to give every game, be producing and, and, you know, Amendola, I mean, great, great potential like that. So, uh, I, I like I like to look for guys that are off again on again, and and that's one debate that we'll save for next week, Mike, in the draft. In the draft, we'll talk well, I'll about that.
0: What uh, Scott, if you if you have a chance, uh, who the 14, or the twelve that are drafted next week? Uh,
1: you know what? I don't uh, I don't know if I have that in front of me right now, but I, I, I we will get that queued up and we will make sure we send every single person a link uh, to the to the league so that you can follow along and have access to the draft board. That's a big part of what uh, that draft is all about. Uh, I will get that out to you guys. But what I was going to say, and I was going to finish up the show with this, guys, is, is in the draft master format, you have to make a decision. And, and really in every league, but I want to talk about Draftmaster because on Tuesday nights we have the $99 drafting goes. We've already talked about those. And then we have this Draft Champions League coming up on Friday night. The question you have to ask yourself, do you take a quarterback early, or do you take the the quarterback-by-committee strategy? Which strategy is best for draft masters? Because some people will say, give me Flacco and Eli and Locker, and I'll take on your Rodgers and your, um, you know, uh, whoever, you know, uh, Geno Smith. <laughs> you know, you, you, you spin a pick on Rodgers, you think, you know, or you spin a pick on Cam Newton, you feel like you don't have to go and get another quarterback because of those big weeks some people will say though i'll take the eli and the flacco and i'll take you on i'll wait till the 10th round and get a quarterback by committee the question we have to ask is is it more important to get those big weeks those big 35 and maybe even a 40 point game from a Rodgers, every once in a while to power your points up there in a draft master format that's the question and that's what i'll be most interested in to watch is who's going to pull first mike you got Rodgers, you got brady you got Manning. You got Cam Newton? You got there's Drew Brees. You got five five quarterbacks that are automatic locks for the Hall of Fame, very likely, uh eventually. i I guess if Cam Newton continues to play the way he's been playing. But there's four, at least four quarterbacks that are locks for the Hall of Fame, and a fifth you know, Cam Newton. Those are guys that will continue to just dominate quarterbacks. You gotta ask yourself Kaepernick, Luck, Wilson, Stafford, Romo, Ryan? Ryan in the eighth round, that's a sin, guys. How in the world did these guys let Matt Ryan slip to the eighth round? You guys put up $100 a pop, and Matt Ryan slips to the eighth round. Do you realize there's there's only going to be about ten points that separates Peyton Manning and Matt Ryan this year? And you're drafting Peyton in the fourth and fifth, and you let Matt Ryan slip to the eighth? Wow. Come on, guys. Right. We're better than than that. Next Friday night, man. There's a lot of
0: things going on uh... Uh just to uh run it down uh for next for next Friday. Um it's gonna be uh Henry Muto, Scott Atkins, Michael Tripp. Fifteen seconds. Uh Billy Wise, uh Mike Watson, Alan Greenberg, Greg uh Dietzler, We're out Washington
1: of time, Mar- Mikey. We're out of time, Mike. That's it. That's all we got.
0: See you guys later. Nick. Eric Matt, Michael and Doug.
1: All right, man. You got him in. You got him in. We will see you guys next week. This is the uh this is the overtime segment on red versus blue. But uh yeah, Mikey, uh we'll talk to you uh next good. week. Absolutely. It's gonna be a fun time. See you later.